You're listening to Connected in Christ, where Jesus Christ is the connection in every discussion. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to season two of Connected in Christ. We are so excited to be with you today and start a fresh new year. I am one of your hosts, Bridgette Heller, and with me, I have all of the fabulous hosts of Connected in Christ. We're going to do a little roll call and everyone say, hey, we got Tanya Bentley Ward. Hello. Giselle Taylor. Hi. Andrew Blackwood. Hey, everybody. And Miss Elizabeth Baker. Hello. (laughs) And yes, you may have noticed there is a new face on the podcast this season. We are so So, so excited. How many times can I say that as we start off this year? But we really, really are. Andrew is new to us. We're going to put his bio in the show notes. You need to go check it out. I mean, this was just God-led. This was God-directed, God-led. It's a story I think at some point we got to tell, but what you need to know is we are so thankful he is here and that already just a few meetings in, first recording, he's been a blessing to this group. And so we know he'll be a blessing to you. So thank you, Andrew, so much for being here. We're excited. Oh, it's such an honor. You're so kind. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, this season, guys, we're going to start off a fresh year, as we talked about, with the topic around restarting and resetting. And how do you catch your breath and keep going when things hit you hard? How do you restart when you feel stuck? What does that look like? And so who wants to lead us out? I can, because as I was preparing for this podcast and what thinking about what I wanted to say, I went to my normal safe place of kind of nerding out a little bit and looking or researching kind of the history behind the word beginning and where it comes from in relation to all of this. I was immediately drawn to Hebrew And one of the Hebrew words that I was drawn to the most was bereshit, which is a word meaning beginning. And actually in the Hebrew Bible, Genesis is called bereshit, which means in the beginning. So I kind of focused on that and what it means. And it kind of took me down this rabbit hole as I was thinking about it, because it comes from the word rosh, which means head or first or beginning. And from the word Rosh is all these other words that have this connotation of beginning, the head, start. So I just found it profound that Christ is often referred to, right? I'm the beginning and the end. We find that in the scriptures. And Christ really is the beginning. And as I thought about more and more, I thought about this analogy. So when we want to grow muscles, bear with me for a second. When we want to grow our muscles, we work out, right? But what is the process that's actually happening when we're working out? So when we lift weights, or maybe it's just like day-to-day activities, when we're using our muscles, little tiny fibers of our muscles are being broken as we use it. But our bodies are so incredible that as they heal, it actually heals stronger. There's more material and matter that happens to those little pieces of brokenness. It heals it and it heals it so it's stronger and better. And I was just thinking about that when we are seeking for our new beginning, it's often because we're at this place where we kind of feel broken. We feel like that something's not right. We've gone through something maybe really hard and we feel kind of disconnect to where we want to be and from where we are. And when I was thinking about this and how this all ties to our savior, I realized 
that when we feel those broken or when we go through trials and then we turn to Christ, he's the one that's going to heal our soul. There is a Psalm that I love. That's actually quite popular. It's Psalm 23. I'm just going to read verses one through four from the King James version. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. The word that stuck out to me in verse three is he restoreth my soul. I feel like when we have these moments of wanting to have a new beginning, or we feel like we want to be better and we turn to our savior, he really is the one that will heal our souls to become stronger, kind of like our muscles, right? And then in verse four, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I just thought that was really profound. And that kind of stuck out to me because no matter where you're at in your life, if you're seeking that new beginning, if you start with the savior as your partner, as your guide, as your strength, wherever you're at, you will become stronger and you will be able to be set on that path that will lead you to becoming that new person that you seek to be. That's just all kind of what stuck out It's interesting that you went to that verse because I also go to that verse as a restart. And I used to question why funerals were the only place that we ever heard that verse read. Because it's a good restart verse. It's a good restart reminder. And after someone dies, isn't the only place that we should be hearing it. As you were reading, Elizabeth, I kept just hearing surrender, surrender, surrender. And I think that's a great place to restart is when you surrender, you just let it go and you don't allow all of the world's pressure to stop you from like that ego or that pride to stop you from saying, Lord, I don't have it. I'm not in control. I need you. I thought that was lovely tied in together because if you can go to him first, because you know, he is the beginning, it's easy to surrender. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of getting stronger too. Uh, new starts, restarts, they they bring a freshness, but I actually find it challenging sometimes to ingest this idea of a new start when I'm in the same place. It, it more so feels like, man, I got to start over and I haven't made any progress. I'm still here. Like certain things are still happening in my life. And ever felt like you're like behind and you should be further along than you actually are. So the same, you know, atmosphere, the same surroundings. But the scripture that I've been reading this week is Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. And it's the Lord says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is the New International Version. And behold, I will do a new thing. Like I'm doing a new thing in you. So for me, it's kind of splitting my, my head open to conceive that even though I'm in the same place, I'm not exactly starting over. God is doing something new. He's taking me deeper. The way that I saw things, he's renewing the way that I saw things. 
the way that I did things. He's helping me to do them differently. So even though I'm in the same place, maybe even doing the same things, I'm experiencing something completely new. And God has this wonderful way of taking us back, even to our worst moments, like he did with Peter. Peter was sure he was going to be with Christ forever and never deny him. At least that's what he thought. And three times he denied him, but God met him again, restored him and asked him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And it was this return to his worst moment to bring forth this new moment that God's doing. So that's what stands out to me, you know, getting stronger, but God's initiating this newness, this renewal, this restart. And even though I'm in the same place, it's something completely new and different. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. And what you described, I think all of us feel, I cannot tell you how many times I've been on my knees of like, Lord, I thought I learned this lesson. I thought I did this thing. Why am I here again? Again, how am I here again? I'm trying so hard to do. And I think that's one of the things that we get stuck in a lot as Christians is I'm trying so hard to do. It's more about a release and allowing him to show us the way than us doing, doing, doing. And I also think it's a deepness, like you were talking about. Probably my number one pet peeve at church right now is when things stay on the surface. Like, why are we still talking on the surface? The surface does not serve us. It's not going to help us. It's not going to bring us closer to Christ. We need real help in this world today. It's not easy. <laughs> the, the journey of being human and we need Christ with us all the time. And so when we stay surface and we don't dig deep, which he gives us all the opportunities to, as you just talked about, if we don't embrace those as the restart they are and this deepening of relationship with him, then we're going to stay surface and it will not serve us. I think eventually that's why a lot of people do leave God, why they leave Christ, because they're not getting what they need out of the relationship because they're holding back. He's always going to give, but when we hold back, you're not going to get what you need in this relationship. So well, I love I think, that. Mm. Well, sorry. I just feel like it brings up a really good point and looking at those low points, like the shadow of, you know, the valley, the valleys of the shadow of death. I think it's just really important to look at those moments as needful. Like you have to break the muscle for it to grow. And I think it's more of acknowledging that you are in that place and that you need help. And then that actually puts you in a spot where you want to learn. And then that's to me is humility. And if I feel like the scriptures teach us over and over and over again, that in order for the Lord to help us, we have to be humble. So instead of looking at those moments where you're truly being humbled as negative or maybe um, something that is wrong, I think there's a lot of shame and guilt that we can release that's holding us back. You know, like a shame will hold us back. That th that guilt will hold us back, right? And I don't think that the Savior ever wants us to feel shame or guilt because those feelings don't come from him ever because they hold us back. And so I feel like just when like what you were saying, Andrew, is sometimes we get down on ourselves and we feel shameful because you think at parts of your life, you're still at the same place. 
you're still like, oh, I'm not better at this. I'm still doing these same stupid things. But the fact that you're even acknowledging that, I think is really key. And you can feel good about yourself because you're putting yourself in a spot where the Lord can start to help you. I love that you said acknowledge and we all shook our heads. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's always constant reflection, right? We have to try to reflect on what's going on. Restart has been on my heart for a few weeks now and it just keeps showing up. And as you're talking, Elizabeth, I can hear grace. We need to give ourselves grace as we begin this restart. And the best way I can visualize that is that when I have a hard day with my kids, I always kiss them goodnight and I say, tomorrow's a new day. You get to restart tomorrow. So if I'm telling them that every day and I do it with my students, I do it with my children. Why am I not approaching myself with that grace? Why don't I say, Giselle, it's okay. You have tomorrow. And even if it's not tomorrow, you have this afternoon, you have this evening. Like even if you break it up in smaller chunks, that it's okay to give ourselves that grace to allow ourselves to reflect and then surrender and then do all the steps we're talking about. Because it's not easy. But if we could start somewhere, it helps us move along. I love the fact that you talk about starting fresh with your kids and acknowledging, you know, those rough days. I have two children myself. We just started fostering. So the glitch in my speech is just integrating new children. So I don't just have two children anymore. (laughs) I have more than two children. Sometimes I feel like the child because I'm not living out my best parenting life. And there is this sadness or this shame that, you know, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be struggling with this. But to your point, Elizabeth, there is this humility. And when we can acknowledge that and we can surrender, we actually get to be God's children and learn from him. What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? And I I, I love that because we get to then do that same thing with our children or the people in our lives, the people we get to love, lead and disciple and share with, it does not come from this place where we're telling people what they have to and, you know, lording over them. It is learning from Christ, his meek and lowly and gentle way that really brings healing. So I'm grateful for the restart as much as I don't always enjoy being where I am. It's more now the attention is being shifted to who am I with, regardless of where I'm at. Like, I'm with him. He is here with me. And it's the person who makes the place, right? It doesn't matter where I live. It doesn't matter where I am. If Christ is here and I can acknowledge him here, then there's value to that. And I'm learning to embrace embrace that in this time of renewal and restart. Yeah. I love that you used the word surrender. Surrender makes sense to me, even if I don't always like it. For several years, I've been on a journey of surrender, a full surrender, because I think we often hold back a piece of ourselves from God. We're like, you can have all of it except for this one piece. I'm going to keep it. I'm keeping this one because it's going to keep me safe somehow. I don't know how. I know that you are all powerful and could do all things, but somehow this piece is going to keep me safe. And when I was going through this process of surrender, I remember the first major moment crying. I was at at an event, actually Tanya was there, but I was at an event and I was in this 
public bathroom and I'm bawling my eyes out because I understood I needed to release stuff, but I didn't know how. I just didn't know. I was like, I don't know how to give up this piece of myself. I've been holding so tightly onto it for so long. I don't know how. And the Lord said, trust me. And it took me a long time to realize that surrender and trust go hand in hand. You have to trust God. And one of Satan's greatest tools that he's using in the world right now is breaking down trust. You can't trust your teachers or your principals or your pastors or don't trust anybody because everybody's human and everybody messes up. Well, if you don't trust anything, we take those same relationships and whether we mean to or not, we put them on God. And so if we lose trust in everything, that includes him, whether we realize it or not. And that's what I found myself in this place of I needed to release. I needed to trust. And I didn't know how, because I wasn't allowing that anywhere in my life. Mm -hmm. So I guess I want to share that because anyone listening, if they're like, I don't like this restart, I don't know how I was at a place of not knowing how, and I had to realize that trust and release were really the same thing. And then it was important to release everything, every bit of myself, What's, which the scriptures con constantly talk about. You know, it's not just, you don't get to give pieces of yourself. It's all of yourself to mm -hmm. God. And so if you're struggling, trust him by releasing it. Mm -hmm. And ask him to show you um, when Andrew was talking, what stuck out, you, you said surrender. For me, it was show me because I will do something. And I have this visual of this maze in my mind, right? So you walk the path of the maze, you don't get through it and you try again and you do it over and over and over and over again. And you feel like you're restarting at the beginning. But for me, the most recent thing that I ask Jesus to, is to show me, show me something because sometimes he'll light the path and he'll show you the end, but you won't get the path. Right. And I think that's what we're all looking for is give me all the answers. Give me the path. Give me the way, give me every step. And you're only getting one step of the way. And what I've learned for myself is the reason you're only getting one step of the way is because if God showed you your entire life and showed you where you would end up, you'd be so overwhelmed, you wouldn't even start. Or you would choose not to walk the path at all because it would be hard. So one step of, at a time we can handle. But speaking of show me, a verse came to mind for me and that's Psalm 25, 4 and 5 in the New Living Translation. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me for you are the God who saves me all day long. I put my hope in you. So show me um, when I'm restarting. It's kind of kind of a practice. You're not meant to get it right the first time when you go do anything. It takes practice. And so if you've done something over and over and over again and you're starting over, it's just like starting the game over again or the puzzle or the maze. And if you're really struggling to get through it, you just ask him to show you and you may not get it the next time either, but restarting doesn't mean starting over. It just means you're practicing. I love that. <laughs> That's good. Um, I'm to put in a sentence. So I love that you said, show me, show me, but sometimes I don't know how he, am I going to hear it? Am I going to see it? So I'm always questioning when, after I say, show me, where is it? Like now I'm looking for it. Right. So I put it in a, I went back and I started journaling and I um, want to share this that I, the best way I could wrap my mind around the restart. And it was a sentence that says, I restart because he restores me and brings me peace, which then allows me to go out into this world and be Christ-like, 
lead in love, kindness, gentleness to his people. Mm. And so if you're struggling with the restart, if you don't know where to begin, begin with a simple sentence and that could be your surrender. I restart because he restores me. I need him. I can't do it alone. <laughs> and I need my community. They help me through it. So I love that so much. And I feel like this is a really good time for me. I've been thinking about this and as we've been speaking and whatnot. And as you were speaking, Giselle, I realized that, or I was thinking about, I should say, is the fact that why is why do we turn to Christ? What is it about the Savior that uh, like, why does he have power to help us in these restarts? And it's because of his atonement. It's because he has suffered all things for us so we can overcome them. Like he overcame everything so we can overcome everything. And when we remember that and find faith in that, we know that it doesn't matter where we are starting. It doesn't. Andrew talked about sometimes we get down ourselves because we're not where we want to be. Well, that's okay because through our faith in Christ and his atonement, we know that we can overcome all obstacles and it may take us a really, really long time, but God doesn't have a time limit. God thinks and acts eternally. That means that he has no end. And so we, as humans, we tend to put time limits on our progression and on our journey. And I just don't think that that's how the savior thinks or acts because his atonement is eternal. And when he says he's going to forgive us of our sins, he's going to forgive us of our sins if we turn to him and repent. And what is repentance? It's literally just turning back to the savior and having a desire to be better. And so I just want to acknowledge in this episode that all of this restart is doable and is achievable or whatever word do you want to use? because of the savior's atonement and when we remember that we can find hope even in the darkest of moments and i just love that so much i do too and liz i just gotta say um you know i'm big in affirmations and mindset this is what i do outside of connecting christ every day teaching mindset work and how to weed through the lies that are there and whatnot. But one of the biggest moments that was a turning point for me was because I am, I'm strong, I'm loved, I'm blah, 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 all the good things, which are good. And we all are, we all are loved. We are deeply loved. And this is truth. But the biggest turning point for the release was when I got on my knees and said, Lord, I have done everything. And actually I'm not good enough. Like myself, me alone, Brigitte Heller, no matter how hard she pushed and made herself sick, wasn't good enough. And it was the most humbling, heartbreaking moment, one of them of my life, honestly. But as soon as I did that, and I said, I give it to you, again, that release, then he came in. And that's, you talked about atonement. This is the atonement in action. This is Christ's power in our life in action. And I just saw this meme. I don't know if, oh, that, yeah, you can't see it. Oh, see that? So it's a picture of the doors. If you remember when Moses, there was the mass exodus, there's all these crazy things happening. And one of them was to put the blood of the lambs on the doors and that the angel of death would you know go by them and their firstborn would not die. I said that all correctly. Yes. I get, sometimes I get my, my story's a little mixed up, but so 
it hit me this visual because it's a door it's black and white and it has red on it and it says the lord did not check who inside the house was worthy he checked for the blood on the doorpost none of us is worthy only the blood of jesus can cover us yeah right it gave me i i stopped it gave me goosebumps project because it's just so true it's it's he's like, he saw the blood. And if we accept the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus on our entry into it, like the door is an entrance, right? An entrance into our soul. If we put the blood of the lamb on the entrance to our soul, it, it, it cleanses us. That's what he's looking for. Right. So I love that so much. Yeah. Him first, him first. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling, you know, and you're, you're in this place, you're like, there's no way I'm stuck. I've tried everything. There's no way out. I've asked for help ask again, restart, try again, just let down your guard, let down your walls and let him in and he'll show you. Yeah. And that I've been here again and again, it just means you're here for the next layer. It's actually, a, it's like the verification, the Lord saying, okay, you're ready for the next step. Let's do it. We did the first round. Now we're back to get deeper. So mm-hmm. when you start thinking about it, then it does get exciting when you, <laughs> It can get exciting, but when people are like, I love my suffering, it makes me feel close to God. I'm like, oh, stop. So like, it can be exciting. It's not always exciting. Well, and I think it's, you know, I think that misconception that I had, and I'm sure other people have had too, and maybe you're in it, is that you think that you're collecting layers, right? You're adding layers to who you are. You're learning things to become something, but the hardest message to kind of convey and understand is that you are already everything you need to be. And it's not about adding layers. It's about learning to let go of everything. It's mm-hmm. learning the knowledge and wisdom that you need to let go of what you believe you are and to just let yourself be who you are and let him live through you. It is, it's something that can only be learned through experience. Um, I'm not sure I've ever heard words enough to describe actually going through it myself we're trying worth it. to give it words <laughs> it's worth it yeah Andrew do you have thoughts I see you thinking over there what are your thoughts I'm curious I, you wow I'm, I'm listening I'm taking it all in I've always got thoughts and uh, you know it's it's like I said before I don't typically like to be in the same place and do the same things however I'm learning that faithfulness is important to God and being in so many ways in the same place I get to be faithful to what he's given me and what he's showing me and even though I might be approaching the same tasks I'm actually approaching them differently and like Tanya was saying, the way that I used to view these tasks, I would approach them with this negative anticipation, like this trepidation, like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Oh. And this, just so you know, I see myself in my children and my eldest daughter in particular. I was talking to her this morning about complaining. We have a 10 minute ride to school. She complained all the way there. And I was like, Did the complaining change anything? It didn't. You are one of the most intelligent, creative people I know. 
when you want to do something, you will get it done. You can come up with different ways about how to approach the situation. Which would you rather do? Spend the time complaining or really be aware of like who you actually are and how you can approach the situation differently. And that's exactly what God is actually showing me and helping me to see like Andrew, the way you approach the situation, <laughs> you get to change that. Like, how do you see you yourself doing this on your own? Or do you see me helping you, empowering you? Like be prepared to do the uncomfortable thing. Be prepared to anticipate like mind-blowing big things. Like he's helping me to have a new way to see what I'm approaching. So even though I'm in the same place, it it's it is actually really, really quite new. So I, I'm really grateful. Those are the thoughts that were going through my mind as I was appreciating and listening to all of the things that everyone was sharing. And I think that mindset shift of I have to do this again to I get to do this again is significant. It helps quite a bit shape your perspective when you're struggling with doing the thing again. I get to do the thing again. I think- I I think in two in those moments, if you are experiencing something for the umpteenth time and you're like, I just don't want to go through this anymore, Heavenly Father. Sometimes I find myself praying, please help me to hurry up and learn what I'm supposed to learn in this so I can get past the stage of my life because this is really hard. And I, clearly I'm not learning what I'm supposed to be learning because this keeps on happening. Right. And Andrew, when you said that, I don't, I forget your actual words, but the Lord, did you say the God values faith. Is that what you, uh, faithfulness. faithfulness, that is so, so powerful because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is we do everything we do out of faith because we didn't understand the actual logistics behind the atonement. We don't understand the logistics behind a lot of what we talk about. Right. But that's not important. And when you said that the Lord values faithfulness, that hit me hard because I think that that's where we can find hope. And hope is that true motivator. Why do we do things? Because we hope for things, right? And if we don't have faith in God, if we don't have faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for us, then we're not going to have the motivation to restart. We're not going to have the motivation or the faith to just sit too. Like sometimes we really are asked by the Lord to sit still and know that he is God, know that he is in control, especially nowadays. I don't know if you guys have turned on your news or your TV or the radio lately. I don't know what people, podcasts, whatever people are listening to. There's a lot of chaos going on out there, a lot. And it's scary and it's overwhelming. And especially we talked about our kids, right? we fear for our kids in the world that they're going to be living in. And then I stop and I remember my faith and I remember my faith in God and remember that he really is in control and whatever is wrong and unfair about this life, he will make sure, even if it's in the life to come, that everything will be set right. And that eternally, if we have faith in him, 
we don't have to be bogged down by all this negative things that we are that we tend to complain about just like Andrew you're talking about your daughter who is so talented well we all find ourselves in that those moments where we're just complaining I just did that yesterday with my husband I just like sat down on the edge of my bed and I was like this is happening this is happening what's going on you know and he just sat and listened I got it out of my system and I was ready to move on because at the very end of all that ranting and raving I felt the spirit remind me the Lord is in control it's going to be okay. And that that faith in that sentence and that belief in that truth will help us in our journey of wherever it is that the Lord is guiding us to. I love that so much. And I'm trying not to be like crazy over here, but I literally can scream with excitement. I'm so glad we're back for season two because Everything everyone has said is on my notes. And so I know I will like this message wasn't just for me. You all took part each individual message. And that was so cool. So I want to echo what you guys just said. And it's um from the Bible. I'm gonna read a scripture from Deuteronomy 30, 20, because I was gonna share this anyway. And you guys said it perfectly. Um, Moses is addressing the people right before they cross the Jordan River, and it says, Love the Lord, your God. And I circled that because we have to love him always obey him and remain faithful to him for he is your life and he will prolong your days as long as you live in the land the lord swore to give your fathers abraham isaac and jacob and i circled remain faithful like three times and underlined obey him because if we do that and we remain faithful in him anything is possible we can do all things that we need to carry this life whatever the pur- our purpose is while we're here, whatever the task is, whatever hurdle or challenge we have in front of us, if we remain faithful in our Lord and Savior and obey him, we can do it. We just have to turn to him first. So, and I'm like holding it all in and I want to scream because I'm just happy to be back in all of your presence. <laughs> and I'm so happy to be doing this again because it's God's work. And these ideas aren't ours. These are, These things didn't come to us just because we had to sit and follow what his messages are. And we speak through the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit speaking through us because we love him. We do. And I just want to, as we wrap up here, the thought keeps coming back. I was cleaning my best spiritual moments come when I'm cleaning, but I hate cleaning. So it's a whole thing. But um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm cleaning. And I was thinking about reset and restart and the word reborn came into my mind that when we restart, that we are reborn. And we talk a lot about this in the Christian world. I was born again. I was born again, right? Like Christ convicted me and I was born again. And I don't know if we realize the power behind that rebirth, that reconnection to Christ. And I know every single person in this room And probably a lot of those listening knows that when you do restart, when you choose to give it over, there is life that comes from that. There is energy that comes from that. There's joy. All of a sudden, your burdens do become lighter than they should be, than than would logically make sense. And it's, it's that rebirth in Christ that it's that, and it's beautiful. So it's worth seeking after, right? It is. Okay. So um I don't I don't usually have the last word, but I'm gonna take it today. Um I had a scripture that came to mind. So we're gonna finish up 
And it's Isaiah 53. I love that you quoted Isaiah earlier, Andrew. And, and I love this scripture when I was a teenager going through stuff. This was like my, you know, we, teenagers have those like drama scriptures that are theirs. This was mine, <laughs> but I love it. It says he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And I just want to testify that if you reset with Christ, that you will be healed. And with that, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on the social medias and all the places. Go check out Andrew's bio. You want to know about this man. He's amazing. And may the Lord be with you until we meet again. Mm -hmm.